Good morning, it's so great to be with you today and to grab this chance to join you in this fantastic series all about leaving lockdown. Because this is a surprisingly complex time emotionally and particularly because some people are experiencing emotions that they didn't expect. You would think that returning to normal was all about excitement and fun, but actually a lot of people are finding it tough. So this week and next, I want to talk about two key things and just unpack a little bit about why this can be so difficult. And today I want to talk to you about an ancient story from the Old Testament. It's a moment in the life of one of the major prophets called Elijah. And it's full of wisdom that really resonates in this time with how many of us are feeling right now. You can read the backstory in 1 Kings 18 and Elijah is at the peak of his ministry and he's just pulled off this amazing dramatic victory moment on top of a mountain when he was challenging hundreds of prophets from a rival religion and they were baying and whooping and shouting and doing their best to intimidate him. But Elijah has held his ground and he's called down the power of God and he's defeated them. He should be feeling like a superhero. This should be one of his success story moments. But the thing is, Elijah isn't a superhero. He's just a human being. All of us are. And Elijah is tired. You see, we think stress is about distress, but actually stress is anything that requires something of your mind or your body that asks you to act or react, that increases demand. And Elijah has had a really full on couple of days. And at the start of chapter 19, we see it's taken a toll because something unexpected happens. Elijah gets the Old Testament equivalent of a really nasty email. It's, it's a letter from a lady called Jezebel and it's threatening him and and it totally floors him. This guy who has just physically faced hundreds of people yelling and shouting at him is is hit by a letter and he freaks out. He flees, he runs to the desert where he ends up sitting on his own telling God he's had enough and he wants to die. I want to talk to you today about overwhelm. It's something that can hit out of the blue that can have a dramatic impact on your emotional well-being and it's something many of us are wrestling with in this season and there's three reasons why overwhelm is such a challenge right now. Number one is that our heads are really full. Elijah have been busy, so have we. Anything that increases demand on your mind triggers stress. And pandemic has been about so many changes. You know, even the positive changes right now of a release of restrictions, they mean we have to work out how to do things differently, how to do things we haven't done for a while because our minds have got used to a totally different way of life. The loss of our normal rhythm and routine, that increases demand because your mind is used to using those things so that it doesn't have to think about an awful lot of life. It just gets on with it as normal. And even monotony and loneliness and boredom, they're more stressful than we think because your mind has to work harder than usual to focus, to motivate, to think, how am I going to fill yet another empty day? 
So everybody's stress baseline has been raised this last year. The second reason that overwhelm is such a problem is about emotions. You know, emotions are high. So much of what we've been dealing with in this season has triggered emotions like anxiety and frustration. But also we've been wrestling with tough stuff around loss. Many people have also experienced bereavement and grief. And in this situation, a lot of the emotion we've been feeling hasn't been able to be resolved. We can't change the situation that's triggering it. So we've had to just work how to manage and hold those emotions, to suppress them, to keep them down, to carry on in spite of them. And that's just more demand for your brain. And, and more than that, a lot of those emotions trigger the same physiological system as your stress system. And, and you know, as the baseline rises on that system, we all have a crisis level. That's when your, your mind's capacity to deal with yet another thing thrown at you is, is literally about to be exceeded. It's, it's when the water level's got so high, you're, you're about to go under. And when your brain goes into that overwhelmed space, it changes the way it operates because it goes onto a kind of emergency mode. And, and it's doing two things then. It's trying to preserve of any remaining capacity it's got because it's literally down to the final little threads. So it's trying to preserve that capacity in case there's another demand, another thing, an emergency that requires something of you. So it switches your thinking brain right down, your analytical brain, your creative mind. The ability to do all those things drops right down. And secondly, your, your brain is trying to get you to bail. It's doing everything it can to get you to retreat, to remove yourself from whatever is causing this relentless demand. So thoughts will start popping into your head like, I can't do this, I can't cope, I've got to get out of here, I've got to escape. And, and you feel this horrible sense, this suffocating sense of, of panic, of urgency, like you've got to do something now, it's important to act straight away. So emotions like that, they, they push up our baseline and they push us right to the edge of overwhelm. The third problem, though, is just your brain needs a break. You know, pandemic has gone on for a long time, over a year. And this relentless demand and uncertainty has just gradually been dwindling down our energy and our resources. And many of us are noting the impact right now of what psychologists would call cognitive fatigue. You know, your brain is just struggling. It's not operating at its normal level. You're not firing on all cylinders. So many of us are noticing impacts on things like our memory just not working as well as possible. Struggles with those things like focusing your attention, thinking creatively, problem solving, stuff you could normally do with no problem. Your brain is fatigued. And all of this means many of us are living on the edge of overwhelm a lot of the time. And many of us have been doing that for months now. And, and on living on the edge of overwhelm, that's not a comfortable place to be. Because when your baseline is right on the edge of going under, little things feel like big things because they could push you into that space so easily. So things you'd normally deal with without any problem can suddenly trigger quite strong emotional reactions or, or make you feel quite panicked or just feel like you can't cope because they've pushed you into that overwhelmed space, just like what happens to Elijah. 
You know, the moment of drama has passed, but Elijah hasn't recovered. And this letter pushes him straight into that space. And we see this sudden dramatic, you might say disproportionate, overreaction to something that's happened. He's flooded with panic. He feels like his only choice is to run. His brain is is pushing him into this instinctive withdrawal. So he's isolated himself. He's on his own. Although luckily God has him covered and sends an angel to look after him. You know, it's so important we recognise moments of overwhelm because in those times when your mind's in emergency mode, things feel stark and bleak, but they're normally not as bad as they feel. When your thinking brain is switched right down, everything starts to feel very binary, like it's either one thing or another, black or white. Now, most of life is is neither. It's sort of grey somewhere in the middle. But when we're overwhelmed, things feel like we're either good or we're bad. We've either succeeded or we failed. People are either for us or against us. And, and because your brain is kind of on hyper alert, it's a bit paranoid, it's much more likely to feel like the negatives of each of those things. So you're already feeling overwhelmed and exhausted and emotional. And you, you can, on the bad days, feel like you're rubbish, you failed at everything, there's no hope and everyone is against you it's it's a dark place to be and we can see this in Elijah's thinking you know when he eventually does talk to God what what he says to him is that that they've put all the prophets to death he says I'm the only one left and now they're trying to kill me too but but that isn't actually true if you look back in 1 Kings 18 Verse four tells us there were actually a hundred or so prophets hiding in caves at that time. There were people he could have connected with. He wasn't on his own, but he felt like he was. And when we're in overwhelm, our minds can take us to some dark places. Elijah just feels like the only choice he's got is to escape. Listen, it's so important we recognise the humanity of this moment and our humanity, which means that we could hit moments just like this so easily. Elijah is an amazing man of God. He's full of power and authority and wisdom. He's got so much potential, but in this moment, he just feels like the pressure is too much. No one is designed to live with long-term raised stress. It takes a toll. And, and burnout can happen to any of us when our minds and bodies just become exhausted. And pandemic has pushed so many of us close to that limit. In this moment, with yet another change to manage, we're very aware of those times when we do feel like we've just suddenly been pushed under. And, and let's just pause and be aware of how far that can push us. You know, overwhelm can trigger some extreme and unexpected thoughts. Elijah struggles with suicidal thoughts, and those are much more common than most people realise when you're in this space, when pressure is pushing you beyond your limits. So if you're finding yourself in that place, if you're feeling like you've reached the edge, if you're really struggling, if you're experiencing those thoughts that say things like, I've got to get out of here, I can't handle this. If your brain is pushing you to suicidal thoughts, remember, things are unlikely to be as bad as they feel. Your brain plays tricks on you in those moments. Reach out, get some help. 
So I just want to share now three practical tips. If you are on the edge of overwhelm, if you know you're inundated, if you know you're exhausted, if you know this is a challenge for you in this season, and maybe it's not got as bad as things did for Elijah, but how do we stop ourselves getting pushed into that space where we feel like we're going under? So number one, watch out for overwhelm. Let's be aware of it. Let's call it out. Let's recognize when we're on the edge of it. Let's try and intervene before it pushes us over the edge. Think about it. If Elijah had realized he was in overwhelm, maybe he would have handled what happened better. Maybe he wouldn't have read the letter until he'd had a bit of a rest. Maybe he'd have taken a day off. We need to recognize when we're on the edge of overwhelm and be careful, realizing that we're human, that it could happen to us. You know, Jesus is such an amazing example of how to do human life really well. This is God in the brain and body that he designed, living without sin, but with the limitations of what it means to be a human, to have physical needs, to have emotional needs. And there's this really great story in Jesus' life where he walks into the temple in Jerusalem and he sees something that makes him really mad. He sees people cheating the vulnerable and poor as they're changing their money. And it's a well-known story because Jesus goes and he turns over the tables of the money changers and he tells them to stop what they're doing. And And he's really furious and he really expresses that clearly. But in Mark's gospel, when Mark tells the story, he includes a really important detail. Jesus actually went into the temple the night before he takes action. Mark 11, 11 says, since it was already late, Jesus went back to Bethany with his friends, with the disciples, and then he came back the next day to deal with it. Why? Well, overwhelm is more likely when you're tired and vulnerable at the end of a busy day, when you've pushed yourself to the limit already, when you don't have many more resources to deal with, when life has already thrown a lot of challenges at you that day. We all have those moments where we think I'm on the edge right now. So maybe like Jesus, we need to take some good decisions about sometimes not doing things, not pushing it, not having conversations in moments where we're not at our best. Be wise, recognise that overwhelm is part of being human and try to operate as much as you can within your limits. You know, in overwhelm, you will feel like now is the time you have to act. You have to send that text now, have that conversation now, make that decision now. That's rarely the case. If you are feeling overwhelmed, take some time, drop your stress level, try not to make any big decisions or actions in those moments. Let's be wise and watch out for overwhelm. Number two then is take a moment. You know, in that story, Jesus recognises his need to relax and refuel and recharge before he responds to the situation. He knows he needs to drop his stress level to be in a better place before he deals with this challenging moment. If you know you're on the edge of overwhelm, try and step in. You know, in the moment, it can be something as simple as just grabbing a cup of tea, getting a breath of fresh air, taking a moment out of a situation, pausing a meeting and saying, let's just take a break, guys. You know, whatever it is, 
Sometimes it's about recognising our physical needs, you know, eating, sleeping. In Elijah's story, he comes at God with a pretty provocative comment about wanting to die. It's like he's trying to draw God into an argument. He is really antsy and he wants to have it out, but God is wise. He doesn't answer in that moment. Instead, he sends the angel to make Elijah rest and eat. And it's like he knows a lot of what Elijah is feeling in that moment is coming from his hunger and his exhaustion. He will feel a lot better when he's dealt with those things. It will be a better conversation after he's taken some time out. Think about longer term as well. You know, if life is throwing a sustained season of stress at you like it has in pandemic, we have to think about rhythms and routines. How do we relax? How do we refuel ourselves? How do we keep going? And it's about escaping whatever the demand is on you. So if the demand is busyness and and relentlessness, find moments of quiet and escape. But if the relentless thing for you is isolation, then getting time out of that will be finding ways you can connect with people and hang out with friends. So think about how you need to change your routine longer term. And the third point, my third top tip is don't go it alone you know, before he goes back to the temple to challenge what he's seen, Jesus spends some time with his friends. And Elijah, you know, it takes some time and quite a journey before he's ready to talk to God. But at the end of the story, he is able to return to the ministry that at the beginning of the story he was done with and couldn't take anymore. But there's one really big difference. God sends him a companion, Elisha. He sends someone to share the load with, to do this with. It seems like Elijah, perhaps in his personality, is a little bit prone to trying to do everything on his own. And God really intentionally says, hey, you need to make some better connections, mate. You were never designed to do this on your own. You know, one of the hardest things about this season has been the the double blow of increased stress and demand and difficult stuff, but also the loss of the people, our friends, our support spaces, our structures that buffer all the rubbish that life is throwing at us, that help us do it, not on our own, but together. And, you know, in the early stages of Elijah's burnout, he's pushed so far. It's like he can't care for himself properly. He needs that angel that God sends to him to help him with the practical stuff, to to make him a dinner, to make sure he sleeps. Friends are so important. No matter how amazing or impressive or important you are, you need other people to care for you practically. But also in those overwhelmed moments when it's just too hard to reach out to God or or pray, you need people who will stand in the gap for you and make that connection for you. You know, many of us need to make some time and space in this season to reconnect with people. Pandemic pulled us apart. Now we need to intentionally draw back together. And and maybe there's some difficult conversations to have there too, because there may be some hurts to heal. You know, pandemic affected us all in different ways. Some people's friendships didn't respond in the way that they expected them to. and, And that's nobody's fault. But we might need to really deliberately heal some of that and restore some of the connections that we used to have to support us. I want to ask you, do you need an angel right now? Do you need someone to step in for you? Do you need someone who's looking out for you, who prays for you when you're too exhausted to pray yourself? Do you need to ask for help? Some of us, like Elijah, are less good at that than others.
But also, I want to ask, could God be nudging you to be an angel for someone else? You know, in times of pandemic, just like Elijah, people who became overwhelmed instinctively withdrew. They they disappeared. They dropped off the radar. And in lockdown, in distancing, in a world where we're not seeing people as regularly as we used to, it's so easy for some people just to have disappeared. Who haven't you seen for a long time? Who haven't you heard from? Who's on your mind? Who is God bringing to the front of your mind? Is there someone you need to reach out to this week and say, how are you doing? Are you okay? Could we grab a coffee? Is there anything I can do for you? You know, in this season, let's recognise that a lot of what we're feeling is about normal human reactions to a really abnormal situation. And many of us have been pushed to the limit, maybe even beyond our limits. I want to take a moment to pray. And particularly for people watching who in this moment might be struggling with overwhelm. So if that's you, just take a moment now to pause. Just take a couple of breaths. Recognise that God is with us in this moment. This is a passage from the New Testament. It's from a book called Philippians. It's Philippians 4 and this is the Passion Translation. It says, don't be pulled in different directions or worried about a thing. Be saturated in prayer throughout each day. Offer your requests before God. Tell him every detail of your life. Then God's wonderful peace that transcends human understanding will guard your heart and mind through Jesus Christ. That's what we need when we're overwhelmed, when our human understanding, when our thinking analytical problem-solving brain has been blown to pieces by everything being thrown at us. It's turned right down. We can't process. We can't think clearly. We feel like we're spinning. It's like emotional vertigo. But when your head is spinning, you focus on something that isn't moving, something secure, and that's God. So, Father God, we hold before you in this moment every person watching or listening We hold all their feeling, all their thinking, all their worries, all their responsibilities, all the things they don't know how to do, all the things they've got to go back to that they're feeling overwhelmed by, all the things of this moment that feel like they might push them out of their depth, every detail of their lives. And we speak over those things, your supernatural peace, a peace beyond their own brains, beyond the understanding of their exhausted minds a peace from beyond ourselves, so much bigger and better than anything else the world can offer. Father God, guard their hearts and minds in the name of Jesus.